Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 113 of Pop Culture Crisis. I believe it's 113, yes, right? It yes, it is. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. My name is Mary. Hi. How are you doing today? Good. How good is good? Um, Really, really good. I would say at least like seven out of ten that's that is that really really good yeah that, that's really uh I, I thought really really good would be like a nine um uh, not up to nine i think an eight okay a solid eight today we'll we'll uh we'll have to come up with some metrics later as to what <laughs> you know what constitutes really really good and what doesn't okay uh, we'll figure this out later we'll have a meeting and, and uh the reason for the vamped intro is because i got mm -hmm. um interrupted in the middle of my process i'm by, just here to cause chaos by our subversive co-host today introduce yourself please hi i'm hannah claire brimo i'm a writer for timcast.com and how are you doing today i'm good i'm here to just disrupt your flow i think every once in a while i have to like do something that really throws you off and that's okay because today we have uh, an, a less than regular episode we've got uh, a shorter episode because we're actually going to be leaving here early today to go see dr strange in the multiverse of madness uh are you coming with us to that i have no idea if, if they asked if you were coming with i have us heard that. rumors about this i don't know you should come I would love to. I don't know what time we're working. So after we finish this, I'm going to furiously write and see how far I get. And see what happens. Because I, uh, I'm a full-time writer for TimCast.com. <laughs> you should bring your that. You should bring your laptop to the movie theater and write Yeah, in the I'm sure theater. no one will mind. Well, when we did our like trip to Austin, when Tim recorded there, I was like driving the trailer down with them and like, we sat, Carter and I both sat in the back seat and like worked continuously on our laptops. It was one of the most productive times. I feel like I could make this work, but. You need to um, shake up yeah. your surroundings. Do you guys want me to review this movie though? Because yeah. as, yes. as like be an opponent of the multiverse and sequels and all kinds of things. Yes, but we talk in theory most of the time, not in practice. So it might be interesting to see if they find a way to, uh, to sway you. Wouldn't that be crazy if I just come back and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> I love the multiverse. <laughs> I love sequels. What and are the odds that that happens? Just among friends. Uh, <laughs> They'll just assume that you were brainwashed by us. Yeah. Like you, we did that Chinese I'm being water torture by... on you. Yeah. <laughs> There's like like Bob Iger money falling out of your pocket from Disney. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it'll be me here with like popcorn and be like, look, I didn't like it, but you bought me a snack. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm easy to bribe. I'm easy to bribe. Well, I wouldn't change my opinion, but I at least would give the movie theater itself positive positive review if I liked its ambiance. Well, if we're going to AMC, we would have to do so so the crypto bros don't come after us. <laughs> oh my gosh, can we have a live crypto bro on this podcast one day? We could possibly do that. I want to get their take. We need good ambiance. Guys, yeah. uh, I am going to complain right now. Coinbase wouldn't let me purchase a, a crypto is in the dip right now, mm -hmm. and I was like, I haven't bought in a while, and I was like, I'll buy some at the dip. That's that's my strong responsible investing. <laughs> like oh boy, a little here there, like you know, it's like there's no rhyme or reason. I just kind of do it, uh, and it wouldn't let me buy it. So uh, it feels like I, we don't know if this is a good idea. If I find out later that it dips farther down, I will not take offense to that. What that if it way. processes all your purchases at once? Like it's done it's that. Tried and it's like now you own so much. It's it's done that to me before, where it like sent like three through like three different. I kept trying to purchase, and it, yeah, it's done that before. So funny. So, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, though. It was going to be a shorter show today. We're going to talk about Netflix is getting. Sued. Wait, are we gonna talk about the fact that you guys are live in two weeks? We uh right now we're gonna have announcements all next week. Uh there's going to be a little ad at the beginning of every oh. episode that lists that we're okay. going live. Cool. So thank, I'm gonna stop thank you go. for doing my job though. No, I'm <laughs> just excited like I'm both terrified and excited because You're terrified? Yeah, I like I like the way things are. I don't like change. I'm the I'm the same way. I like love change. Yeah. She's uh, Mary's like we're going live, and I'm like that's a horrible Let's idea. Dye her hair. Because, 
I won't like divulge it, but like the idea that there may be like some interaction with our audience is both like amazing and also I'm like, oh, high chaos. Which... I'm not dancing for my boss to make money. That's I not happening. I just want a soundboard. Uh, so bad. Yeah. Soundboard we might do. We've thrown out a couple ideas because I'm apparently deeply involved in this process. All I... the guests need to have their own soundbite, at least one. Hannah Claire's because she's like, I hate sequels. I think it's shrink and forget. That's, that's like my current catchphrase. Uh, we'll we'll work on that. We'll have, <laughs> we're gonna have to have Chris develop us a soundboard. It's just me saying Brett is a cult apologist. He's a Scientology sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, now he my gave me a very mad look for anyone who's not watching the video. Uh, that's, now that uh, we're done yes. bullying Brett, should let's we talk keep about distracting him? How long can I divert? <laughs> we're having a short episode, says Brett. Okay, we're talking about Netflix getting sued. We're going to talk about Dave, the the fallout from Dave Chappelle. We were right uh, about the reasons, or it seems to be that we were right about the reasons yesterday. Though we tried not to speculate on what the hell was the reason he got attacked on stage. We got Podluck with uh, Doggy Depp. That's Johnny Depp's alter ego today. Uh -huh. uh, uh, we've got Larry David. We've got Kim Kardashian, including an article written by our very own co-host today. So uh, if you ladies are ready, we can just get right into it. Are we ready? We're ready. Let's are, do it. Ready? Okay. Well, we're done. I'm quitting today. No, I'm <laughs> I okay. told you it's my podcast. I've been waiting for this for weeks. They just bully me out and got rid Look, of me. You kept inviting me back. And eventually I assumed I was in charge. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. All right. Netflix. Netflix is getting sued because of those crappy subscriber numbers. Uh, this is not surprising to me given because it's a publicly traded company, right? So it says Netflix is continuing its sudden, somewhat shocking transformation into the Charlie Brown of the streaming world this week. Uh, what does that mean? I don't. I <laughs> uh, sad. Uh, like, uh, is, is Charlie Brown sad? I thought it was like no. a classic thing. Uh, I thought like it's been syndicated. Are everywhere. they saying that Charlie Brown? Is has been uh perhaps are they saying it's what well here's the first rule of making if you're making some type of comparison or joke if people don't understand what it is you have failed as the joke writer did or, you get it though i didn't get the reference okay i mean i i i assumed maybe it meant that he's out of touch let's find out it's out of, yeah like uh i mean because linus out is the one touch. who linus is the one who has the 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 cloud the the, the dirty blanket right Linus? Yeah. I, I, I'm not... No, no, no. Pigpen is different from the... Pigpen is dirty, and then Linus has the blanket Linus. and plays piano, and then there's that dog is and there... the bird. Wait, wait. The kid Every... plays piano is different from the oh, kid is the blanket. Oh, is he? I guess I'm the Charlie Brown expert here. I'm... Yeah, but you didn't get this reference. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was saying, so if even if there is a Charlie Brown... <laughs> we're on a we're not huge even a, We're not even a full <laughs> sentence into this article. Okay. So, well, the, I, I'm just blaming the writer here. Come Sorry. on, AV Club, so pull it together. Uh, which is just a few months ago was riding a high as the established apex predator of the streaming universe is now getting sued by its shareholders for those crappy subscribers num subscriber numbers that it posted back in April. Specifically, the company's investors are pissed at what they're claiming was a deliberate attempt to mislead them about whether the streaming entertainment company was going to be able to hit subscriber goals it set for itself in Q1 uh, of 2022. In an earnings call in April, the company announced it had lost 200,000 subscribers during the quarter and expects to lose even more in quarter two. So they're not even like they're pretending. They're like, look, it's over. Like, we're out. Well, uh, okay. So my first question is like, is this simply a, a, a result of like a pandemic bubble bursting? Like, is this uh, everyone was home alone? Oh, yeah. Uh, they were, like, mega enriched by everyone being forced to just consume media all day. There are a couple companies that have had this problem. Peloton, Peloton had off had a ton. This. And yep. then Wayfair is having a really rocky quarter. And I oh. think 
the, it's and a rightfully so it's, it's a furniture ordering company and people ordered a bunch of work for home desks furniture and stuff like that oh sorry. sorry furniture ordering company i appear to have walked into something but i will say <laughs> that they just announced their ceo is retiring uh and again there's probably a couple... to a non-extradition country if you ask me <laughs> <laughs> is he the charlie brown he is the charlie companies? brown of furniture delivery company we want yeah i don't really get it because we don't get it that's that's right and but of they course get new I, i'm wondering about this because they get new subscribers every quarter too so but it's not offsetting is it a loss. net loss or are they still gaining uh, i think it sounds like a net loss because they wouldn't care about it and if it, it was would, a net gain and it would likely have more a lot to do with region of, of subscriber gain or loss right so it depends on like gaining subscribers in one district or one region uh, of the world is different than gaining them in another region well, and of think the world. of how many things Things have like grown during the pandemic and how many new streaming services have launched last right I mean, didn't peacock nbc's launch during the pandemic uh or like just disney before? plus did at the end at the very beginning of it in 2019 mm -hmm. peacock i don't know if that was yeah into i just the, remember the off the office left netflix yep. at the end i think the end of 2020 and it was because P I thought it was because NBC's streaming service was launching and that's such yep. a big uh, powerhouse for them. So the stock price, uh, so the biggest drop of stock price to date, plunging roughly 50 billion in value, 70%, um, what was it? It's like 70% stock drop. Mm -hmm. Like that's insane. Uh, and it says, this is one of the biggest drops in the company's stock price to date, plunging nearly 50 billion in value. Shareholders are claiming to be blindsided by the loss with accusations that Netflix made, quote, misleading statements and failed to disclose on the oncoming drop. So would that be, uh, is that a, a requirement of them as a publicly traded company to give them heads up ahead of time that the, that the drop is coming? How could they have known that? Um, they do forecast like each quarter or like quarterly reports saying like, this is what's coming. Here's what we know. Like sometimes, you know, you'll say our CEO is going to retire at the end of the year. And that might cause speculation that our stock is not as strong or the company's going to have bad leadership. So you might see a dip in stock. So there might've been something that's not insider training. They could have warned them about. Well, that's something um, like, uh, so they have to do forecasting models, right? About right. like where things are going to go, uh, presumably. Yeah. And like being able to look at your shareholders or like your board member shareholders and say like, we know that, you know, four other major streaming services are launching right now. So we expect that there will be some cancellation or like, I don't know, Netflix might know that at certain points of the year, people tend to cancel their subscriptions. Okay. Like, let's say maybe yeah. summer. Right? I, when I'm like ignorant to how more. these predictions are made and what they're supposed to inform their shareholders of. And I thought that like shareholders would just be litigious and like happy to sue i think it's a but maybe maybe it's justified i think it's a combination i think there are things they can do to be like here is an accurate portrayal of where our business stands in the market and it sounds like they are arguing that netflix like intentionally omitted things to try and like portray it as a more successful company when they were aware of like uh -huh problems that they were facing this arises me the ghoulish nature of like the world we live in now where uh netflix is like I i'm picturing the netflix ceo kind of scrooge mcduckish like praying the pandemic goes on and lobbying for lockdown measures to continue because they know that it is advantageous to their business model to do so mm -hmm. i mean everyone knows that a walmart will do that because it's you know if you can keep all the other stores closed you can gobble up even more of the market share but imagine like it's in it's infested every aspect of your life so any anything that you grew to do more during the pandemic there is likely a business owner or a worker you know somebody who with investment in a company that's hoping 
hoping that the misfortune of the world continues mm -hmm. so that they can continue making money. Well, and like some of these things that we did during the pandemic are inflated. They are not how we would normally yeah. behave without them. And so without a plan in place to retain users. So like, let's go to Peloton as an example. Like if a ton of people were like, I can't go to the gym, I can't work out. There's a time when like we all weren't supposed to go outside either, like craziness. But mm -hmm. So more people bought Pelotons because it was their only way to get the kind of maybe yep. fitness they were paying for outside the home. And so unless Peloton converts their users into diehard fans, it is likely that people will be like, well, I actually would rather go in person to a class. Yep. And so I will get rid of Peloton and my bike or whatever else. Like they're, they probably would have expected a loss. Whereas Netflix, like it's like a peak high. And I think with streaming services, they expect it to be something that you sign up for and forget maybe like, Oh, that's, that's a big part of it. But they keep raising the price. They so how can't how are we going to forget? They, they raise the, no. And there are new competitors all the time. Like you're yeah. constantly reminded, Oh, well I, I could pay for this one. I already paid for Netflix, but that one sounds better. No, all so. these competitors, I hate to say this because you two are definitely like way more capitalistic than me, but it makes me wish that some parent company would just come along and buy up all of the streaming. Well, Netflix so I wouldn't have uh, to like that would be impossible because they're all subscribe to things within subscriptions and subscribe to like 10 I hate different that things. I don't like subscribe to anything because I find it so and they annoying. have like micro subscriptions within it mm -hmm. like it's never ending it's like audible on like I pay for if I pay for Amazon Prime I can't listen to audiobooks without more subscriptions like mm -hmm. stop I don't like it you would never be able to do that because they all have their own parent companies uh Netflix is yeah, it's obviously not, its own company Disney when is Mary gets to the top Disney is its own parent <laughs> company uh, uh hbo max is owned by warner media which is owned by discovery hulu is own, is a subsidiary of disney or at least in, in disney holds majority stake in hulu and right now the biggest winner i've seen coming out of all this and even they're not immune to it and that's another thing i want to talk about is uh warner discovery which just cut like just axed all of tbs programming all of tnt programming and is uh just cut out a bunch of like their stuff in the, and they're getting rid of stuff left and right because they're consolidating down under the Warner discovery brand. Mm -hmm. And David Zaslav is like literally taking a machete to everything that they don't need. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what you see with Netflix is like, is, is this, uh, is it played out as the term is get woke, go broke. Like for the most part, if I look at this, uh, when, when I look at articles like this, it says Megan Markle made Megan Markle made Netflix rethink multi-million dollar deal, go woke or go broke that's go woke or go broke. that's a horrible uh so, so the, some of these companies are doubling down on this on this type of stuff and they don't realize like uh, i pulled up this is kind of the story of two different ideas for me which mm -hmm. is like you look at this and you roll your eyes Meghan markle doing a cartoon an activist cartoon nobody cares no like right like, i argue were they going to make a huge profit off of that? And well, they're giving huge deals to these people. But then you look at a movie like The Adam Project, which is a Ryan Reynolds movie with Mark Ruffalo, who I can't stand Mark Ruffalo, but uh, Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo. He and can't stand you either. It, that's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I can live with that. Uh, and you look at a movie and it's a, it's a very, very simply told. It's like a, it's like a time travel sci-fi movie, but it's basically about family mm -hmm. and it's very, very inoffensive and it's not politically anything it's just kind of a, an adorable story about a guy like who meets his younger self and then goes on an adventure and that does becomes the fourth highest ranking movie of all time on netflix and all of the rest of like the top movies are like six underground which is objectively an awful movie but it's 
politically inoffensive. It's just an, it's just a popcorn thriller, right? And what I found is that um, companies like Netflix, what they're doing, uh, they do American movies better, but when it comes to TV shows, none of the American TV shows are what you want. What you want are the foreign-released uh, TV shows because when the American TV shows go past one season or even like if it's a long season they start delving into crappy woke identity politics at some point but look cuties which was a french movie what i mean it's not a television show but cuties drove people away from netflix in droves in 2021 i mean they are decision in like, like the hundreds of thousands i think pretty significantly i mean maybe those people came back but the stock bounced back in all it the- bounced back but it i think is a testament to this trend of people being like i don't know that i like this company and if there are enough market options they they don't need to consume media through netflix netflix like for a while netflix was sort of a juggernaut like it didn't have competitors that functioned as well uh and now i just think that's not true and so this like go woke or go broke concept is faulty and they see that time and time again and sticking by it is sort of ridiculous red notice is the number one movie of all time on netflix completely inoffensive like it's like ryan reynolds seems to be a very common denominator here he's like (laughs) he's just very vanilla in his comedy uh deadpool is like the extent of his like edgier stuff and even that's not really all that uh all that edgy don't look up is like the one example of like uh, uh of like somewhat uh politicized theater but the rest of it is bird box which is just uh a copy of it's just their version of um uh, a quiet place except for vision and it was really yeah. bad uh, the adam project extraction uh are all just very generalized stories people don't want to be preached to and i think that what you find is that if they start started making more stuff like that and less stuff like archive 81 which objectively i thought had high points and low points but was just plodding and slow and boring uh and they spent 17 billion on content last year i don't know how much warner studio spends or disney spends on content every year but i think it's just oversaturation there's just too much mm-hmm. the reason um if you look at the the greatest li- lists of like the greatest shows of all time it was just a smaller market cap and there was more cultural influence because there was less I, to choose from i was thinking like it used to be the case that a, a tv series could like in a way take the the country by storm like yeah. everyone would be able to talk about something but the last time that happened it was tiger king on netflix yeah and that was just because we were all forced to because we had to watch it and to i go. didn't watch it i still oh like, i've watched proud it of that twice all the way through. twice yes that's incredible look it was bizarre i like did not it's such a weird concept <laughs> i don't regret it at all okay. but like the thing about it is like we were all home like in the way that in uh pre-internet age you would come home at you know at at eight o'clock was primetime television because everyone was home you also and didn't there was, have a cell phone where you didn't your have a cell coworkers phone. can call you or email you you didn't whatever. have your own laptop to go sit right. like if you're a teenager you're watching either tv with your family or you're not watching it at all but you're not like yeah. streaming your own movie in your room you yep. know what i mean they're yeah. able to capture a much wider audience so so it's spread out over more like it would be interesting to look at um unique users per mm-hmm. per viewing you know per show right because you just can't like i looked at all these canceled netflix shows i was i was thinking of a way to implement it into this article i hadn't even heard of like 75 percent of them like most of them were things that made like and i was like who wants this like nobody wants this the success of 
shows right now like Bridgerton or Euphoria, like uh, those are the ones that come to mind, it feels overinflated because I don't think that many people are actually watching them. Yeah. No, it's an echo chamber. Dead internet, by the way. Dead yeah, internet. yeah. I also think that like they're sometimes when Netflix makes decisions about how much they're going to cost, it comes across as arrogant to me. So when they were like, we're going to crack down on password sharing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you and what are why? <laughs> also, like, why is, you need to make that much more money? Like, your content's not doing well on its own. You're going to drive people away to platforms that don't care as much if people yeah. uh, password share. So they talk here about um, most sampled shows based on uh, a previous metric of, like, uh, accounts that actually checked out the show. That's now they go by watch time. Mm -hmm. uh, but for this, Squid Game was number one with 142 million accounts. Bridgerton number two, which is 82 million, but that's still like way less than than number one. Lupin, which was a French high series, 76. The Witcher is the first one that's like purely American, uh, at least as far as its uh, production, I believe, at number four. Um, and then Made number five, never heard of it. Uh, La Casa de Papel never heard of it no. like all of these things so you have to look at like where they're getting their information another thing that's funny is like I looked at all of this information no it's not on any of them is Ozark which is on season five mm -hmm. so why does one show get that approval like maybe that's just a misrepresentation here like they just missed it but it's like how does the show because Netflix has a hard time getting anything past season two or three how does Ozark get five seasons is that uh, because Jason Bateman has more pull in the production department like what allows a show to get to five seasons if, well and it's popular like if, there but I'm saying so it's not Netflix... ending up on any of these lists. Mm -hmm. Cobra Kai is on here a bunch for like another one that's like found a way to do like modern but not politically in a, it's very very good in the like, way it's... it's not Karate Kid but woke now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like that's if if I was to give somebody like the the blueprint for trying to do a reboot or a remake and to do it in a way that would not offend Anna Claire, I would do I would show them Cobra Kai. In fact, I, they even did a good job of nodding to the fact that they're subverting that expectation yeah. in the show. My um, yeah, the Johnny character is literally designed to do that. Yeah, like where he's like uh, he's uh, like I feel like a crazy like out of touch old man too, dude. Yeah, like, dude. I don't understand the internet. <laughs> it's like the the whole time society's been to trying to break you down, light beer. He's like <laughs> diets. It's like women's lib. <laughs> it's like it's like it's but it's done in a way that's like he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. Yeah. So Netflix like but that's like that's a rare example. Like this, we're talking about culturally significant shows. You're not going to hit uh, 100 on you're not going to bat 100 uh, uh, percent uh, on all of those shows. And they're just making so much content and they're being outdone right now. 17 billion Netflix just spent uh, while getting sued. Disney spent 33 billion on new content. So I don't know where this lawsuit goes, but do you think, is this something where you can see them having a case? There would have to be some type of evidence that they withheld something that they needed to disclose to them, I suppose. Would they be compensated for damages? And I don't know, yeah, I don't know how they would how they would prove that in court, or if any of these people would have the money to take on some, a company the size of Netflix uh, in that type of setting. Yeah. So, uh, as to what Netflix intends to do about these subscriber, is or subscriber issues remains to be seen, although there are spreading concerns that the company's approach is landing on the decidedly myopic side. For one thing, uh, CEO, co-CEO Reed Hastings has now repeatedly suge suggested that its best revenue option in the U.S 
podcast where subscriber base is probably about as saturated as it's going to get is to try to catch and charge people sharing passwords. So making Hannah Claire all the angrier, I am yeah, sure. Yeah, good idea. Just piss people off. Yeah, it- I, I'm not even angry about it. It just seems like sort of an unnecessary step. I mean, maybe I get that the the point is to grow and to make more money, but like maybe do something that's not going to drive people away from your platform, right? Right. Maybe and also, ne- I'm still sharing my account, so screw you, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and that, I'm sure we all are. <laughs> people are going to do it anyways, or if they make it impossible to not, you're going to be like, well, I, that's too expensive and I don't it. want yeah. it anymore. They're going to move somewhere else. So what like, is it at this point? Like $12 a month? It's getting it's like, more. It's more. It's like 15 it. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It doesn't make any sense. And like, I think that in some ways, like, they should make better content. Maybe they should cut down. Or be I think more cutting down. Like, I think cutting down on content and being more selective. Gouging your users is not going to solve the fact that people are leaving. Yeah. But who uh, am I to tell the Netflix co CEO Reed Hastings what to do? It's funny that they're like gauging success by watch time when they literally have an autoplay feature that yep. you can't turn off. It's a very mean. When you're like just scrolling through it, auto plays, and I, then if I you wonder like if that fall would sleep, it auto plays. Yeah, I wonder if that would come up. And be like you're mis- You said this is the most important metric, but that's yeah. not even accurate. Like there is stuff where I think this case could be really interesting to hear because again, Netflix is sort of the industry leader. It developed online streaming in this way and so how they measure success i mean we all do you guys remember when you could like rate it out of like five stars and then it would be like oh based on what you like here's what we go and then that went away and it's like oh suggested for you now you can do thumbs down thumbs up and thumbs double up see i don't think it means anything though because they're like like netflix suggests stuff to me that i would never watch ever and like proof that AI is far, far away. That's what that's proving. <laughs> if they just well, infer just mean, that you're a young woman, yeah, or it's just, just like they want this. They, like they suggest Cobra Kai to me all the time. I have never seen the first one. You should watch it. They're just they just. <laughs> I give them very little information. Well, I don't have Netflix anymore, but like, I give them very little information, and they're like, "We really want this show to do well, so you should watch it, and you should watch it, and you should watch it, and you should watch it." Well, they're also probably more likely to suggest their original content than yeah. I, I knew it was going downhill when they started shifting to their original content. And at the same time, kicking off all of the stuff that they had before. Mm-hmm. The only way to grow their their business model was never going to sustain with uh, licensed content once other companies started making their own services. That was just never going to happen. So, so instead, they're going to punish the people who stick by them by charging them even more. Exactly. I remember eight dollars a month. Ah, yeah. yes. Who remembers? All right. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> all right, Dave Chappelle. Uh, nobody is safe. <clears throat> Dave Chappelle attack raises concerns over performers. This is true, and uh, I blame Will Smith. Kind of, <laughs> he kind of made it okay. okay. But Will Smith isn't just some nobody who's going up to tackle. Him. Nope. So, uh, and I blame maybe. Well, but the question is like, Will Smith just like got on stage. So did that. Tell and then like we had the Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis. Like, there was also people there. just start like, people feeling just, like that's okay. Did people just start realizing like that these events are not actually very <laughs> it's, secure? It's a physical place that you can actually yeah, climb up. Yeah, they're like, oh wait, I could. I thought this would be very difficult, but it turns out it's extremely yeah. easy to get on stage. Now secu- all the security companies are going to have to start doing like new procedures on like in some ways, practicing for I stages. blame Travis Scott because he's encouraged violence at his concerts yeah. and like wanted people to rush the stage. Like the They've they've been I feel like we've been approaching this for a little while. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. There's also the uh, the incident where Mike uh, where Mike Tyson was at a comedy club and got like a, 
approached by like a guy with a gun and Tyson had to like talk the dude down in the comedy club. This was like a couple weeks ago. So it says, <clears throat> perhaps the biggest recurring theme in comedy over the past several years has been stand-ups lamenting the perf- that performing is no longer a creative safe space. Uh, it's a creative space. It's safe space. It's a physical unsafe space is what they're saying. <laughs> Like uh, that some fans are policing edgy content ever ready to tweet about a performer who makes a joke that cross perceived lines. Many have taken to confiscating phones before a performance. I mean, that's not about that. That's about financial reasons. Dave Chappelle does that so that the joke, the stuff doesn't get out on the Internet when he has specials Mm -hmm. that are going to come out. It says, perhaps convinced that the biggest threat they faced were secretly hidden Galaxy and iPhones. I like how they were very amicable and didn't just label it as iPhone or Galaxy. They made you believe that both of them could be uh, something that somebody would sneak well, into one of these events. someone has to record these attacks. Yes. <clears throat> so it says, the world was shocked as Will Smith assaulted Chris Rock on stage at the Oscars in March. In another breach of stage security, albeit not a comedian attack during the performance, Olivia Wilde was confronted at CinemaCon in Las Vegas last, last month by a process server issuing custody papers from Jason Sudeikis, who says he was unaware of the documents which were served to her in such fashion. I said, <clears throat> told Mr. Brett, I would not have known she was like doing anything with any movie if this moment hadn't have happened yeah now people are gonna go see i i know the name of the movie now it's called don't worry darling and i only know that because of covering this yeah, story do you so. think she asked jason Dude, to, we could be in this new that. i have like a deep, that deep of sometimes i have a deep us. conspiracy theory that like he is like <laughs> he was trying to like help her in a weird way and he's like this will get her covered or like well, she and knew we, this, we covered that article is that it's highly unlikely or she knew she this was didn't. coming and like somehow got to the process server through her team like I will be on stage. It will be me in the blue blazer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying like we're in like. Uh, do you remember like the like the? There's all these like viral moments that go online, which you find out later were planned. Um, mm-hmm. I, the one that's coming to my mind, which wasn't, was the twisted tea thing. But that's not what it was. They just capitalized on the uh, on the market <clears throat> on the marketing. But there's things where you find out later, like or like the uh, the KFC uh, with the seven herbs and spices on their Twitter account that turned out to be like planned. I don't remember uh, that one, but like oh, they, a lot of this stuff is just a stunt. And so like that's why like the the Chris Rock assault thing, because it was someone who seems like irrelevant, to me seems more like someone realizing that these places are very easy to access. The um Will Smith thing we debated to death and also the Olivia Wilde thing, like I it's hard for me not to think that they somewhat served up uh, a function in terms of publicity for the things that they were doing. That's what I'm I saying. would not have known Olivia Wilde had a movie coming out except for this. In a world where phones and ca- where phones have cameras and cameras are now everywhere, the whole world is a stage to these people. And if they want to market their movie, do they do they go to the studio for that hundred and fifty million dollar marketing budget, or do they just do something ridiculous that gets them publicity here and then doesn't even have to be equated into the financial concerns of the movie? Way easier to plan and way harder to prove that. in like like people like me have a natural aversion to like written article marketing meaning like this movie looks so good here's why i'm like well they paid for that article for the most part like a, a lot of times you're like okay there that that studio is in you know it's owned by disney so that's why they're writing nice articles about this show or this movie mm-hmm. um this type of thing uh obfuscates and makes it harder to tell what's real and what isn't but still serves the same purpose of making that product uh visible to the forefront of your mind mm-hmm. uh, like i said i wouldn't have known the mo- name of that movie if it wasn't for the olivia wilde thing happening and it says uh, uh but it also i have to worry about whether this has to do with um just the death of comedy in general as far as people being able to take a joke 
uh, because I do think that that's a concern. Yesterday, it was uh, theorized that it was just a crazy person who did this, who attacked the stage. Now they're saying that... There's never no reason. I yeah. mean, even someone who is mentally ill, they have a rationalization well, this guy has somewhere like, in their mind. This guy has like a song about Dave Chappelle on his SoundCloud. He's obsessed uh, with the mental. Yeah, like, like so it says, uh, uh, Chappelle, uh, Dave Chappelle has a Dave Chappelle rap about folks being a joke. That's uh, the a attacker has that song. It says the same guy who allegedly rushed Dave Chappelle on stage also used the comedian as the inspiration behind his own rap career, naming a song after Dave Chappelle. Uh, you heard that right, uh, Isaiah Lee, the 23-year-old allegedly responsible for the attack, is a self-proclaimed rapper by the name of No Name Trapper, which is clever uh okay. he actually has a song on his 2020 album uh, titled dave Chappelle on spotify his album is titled after the song is, okay. is titled um um a song is titled uh Can dave we Chappelle. Play it? <laughs> uh we uh, we can't play it oh, um no. <clears throat> he has a decent so social media following of thirty-two thousand followers and only follows 80 people one of which is dave so so i thought initially it was just kind of somebody who really liked dave Chappelle. but then there's another article that says well, what does it say in his song does the, he talk about it him uh, positively in his song i don't know uh, we didn't stream it. Come I didn't. On, I didn't stream it. Uh, but it says. But now they're saying that the rapper who uh, who tried to kill Dave Chappelle. I don't know. If, can you consider it attempted murder if he had a weapon? Yeah. If yeah. he had a weapon, you uh, could definitely make like, it attempted murder. I don't murder. think. Uh, so it says. Uh, what did he have? What was he, his weapon? He had. I think we have the pictures of it here. Um, he had a. Uh, it was a, a fake gun that was actually a knife. Yes, if you look at it right there, I it's on screen. I don't know how that looks. He just wanted to but... sort of cover all of his bases. Wait, is that it? Yep, that's okay. you can see it on screen. Uh, so basically, what, what it is is what that's yes, he got that into the show <laughs> somehow. So it's, a, it's a replica gun with uh. So it's like if if something ever looked at if you look at it, for the people listening to the show, if you could look at something and think unhinged. This is kind of it. Now, do we regulate guns or it's do we regulate knives? Bayonets. Oh, I yeah. You, you regulate bayonets. Wow, they're bringing Which bayonets. are probably already regulated, they're but I don't think that a crazy person who wants to kill yeah. Dave Chappelle I cannot cares. believe bayonets are coming back into fashion. The American Revolution is dude, stoked. Dude, so hot right now. Bayonets, so hot right now. Oh, my God. Dave Chappelle's Hollywood... <laughs> Call Vogue and da the NRA. Dave Chappelle's Hollywood Bull set was reportedly a politically charged event with jokes about abortion, Russia... LGBTQ community. If the jokes were about abortion, uh, he was. I thought he was the... done talking about the LGBT it, community. That no, was his whole special. No, but that's what, what they're saying here is that he made jokes about that. It says during his set uh, at the Hollywood Bowl for Netflix is a joke. Comedian Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage and says, according to a report from Vanity Fair, Chappelle's set, which featured appearances from comedians Jeff Ross, Michelle Will, uh, Michelle Wolf, Jimmy Carr, Sebastian, okay, and John Stewart. So John Stewart's probably politics, right? Uh, yeah. Very, very politics. Very politics. Seems at odd with itself pivoting wildly between Supreme Court takedowns and rallying cries against cancel culture. So he's kind of covering all his... Uh, it, it's just coming back into... I feel like we're coming fully back around to uh, subversive and um, and um, antagonistic humor. I don't know. Being I mean, as again. much as we were patting Dave Chappelle on the back yesterday um, for doubling down after the attack on you know, his his humor and, you know, his right to say what he wants to say. I still think this is more of the cancel culture, the product yes. thing yep. than actually, yep. uh, <laughs> like, saying anything subversive saying anything that's actually challenging people's beliefs cancel culture the the product is going to be exclusively peddled by people who can afford to uh 
be part of cancel culture, the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, but it, basically they're saying that the guy who tried to, to kill Dave Chappelle had many trans friends. So that did end up playing a role in it. I don't know if Dave knew that. Why is this that. public information? Um, it's, also like, how are they citing, how are they fact checking that? It says, uh, it says according to the Los Angeles, oh, it says on Tuesday night, let's see, where did I have this uh, down here further? Uh, Isaiah Lee, uh, n- also known as No Name Trapper, his artist pseudonym, he's an inexperienced rapper who has previously released a song on Donald Trump, Dave Chappelle, in the and has the trans flag on his Spotify channel. So, uh, so some of Chappelle's jokes have sparked outrage in the transgender community, prompting employees at Netflix to organize a walkout in protest. It also probably made them the most money they made all year last year. Uh, yeah. And then I don't know if Netflix profits from those events, like the Netflix is a joke festivals, but I assume that they do. Um, it says he sub- he subsequently disclosed that he's received multiple death threats from the transgender individuals and their allies. Although no reason for the attack has been established, uh, the suspect intended uh, the suspect of, uh, Isaiah Lee intended to gravely injure or murder Chappelle. Uh, the authorities claimed was equipped with an imitation pistol and included a knife. Uh, very, very not. Do they have good. to show the picture of him from his, no. his Instagram story like that? Um, so, I, for, so it says first he tackled the he tackled Dave and Dave put up a bit of a resistance. So the dude tried to run tried to run off. Said Brandon Brown, a Los Angeles film worker. And then uh, there's the thing. It says Dave Chappelle got caught on audio tape saying, "I felt good. My friends broke his arm." So he, they, they broke this dude's arm. It was like Buster Rhymes, and uh, I forget who the other one was. Uh, Jamie Fox, like, hit this dude after he got really? after know. he attacked someone on stage. Yes, like no, not irrational. No, nope. the the picture is so disturbing. Yeah. His arm is literally like really backwards. Gross. Also, I just want to mention this guy had his nails painted black, and um, that's a red flag. Yep. That's the red flag. You can see his arm right there in the photo if you're many red flags. (laughs) That should have been the first warning sign. I'm just saying. He entered the comedy club and they're like, "Mm, black nail polish, gotta go. Yeah. So Netflix issued their statement where they basically say we we deeply care about the safety of our creators and we strongly defend the right of a stand up comedian to perform on stage without fear of violence. We just don't uh, give security. No, they didn't say that last part, but that's what it feels like, right? Like, where's the security at these events? Where's the secret service for comedians? Yeah. If Amy, who is it? Was it Amy Schumer? Who got the who got the she secret? Got contacted by oh, a secret yeah, service. Oh yeah, yeah. If Amy Schumer can get a secret service call, That's their why can't Dave well, Chappelle? Well, I feel like the equivalent there is like now the secret service calling Dave and be like, Dave, you might be attacked. And he's like, I know. <laughs> he's like, have <laughs> can you, you heard help my... me? Well, I'm surprised he doesn't travel with a bodyguard. Like he probably least... does. He does. Just there's no doubt that there were multiple 10. there. Um, they just weren't doing their jobs. The story's weird, man. Uh, I find it strange that they're trying to frame this as like well he knows trans people and you know Chappelle does make people upset with his comments about trans people like well yeah he, he incited that by making that joke immediately after it happened yesterday. okay but it was after it happened that's yeah. what I'm saying well but I'm saying like that's that's why it's still back in the consciousness of the the in the conscious of the discussion because he made it about that right after the show is that right, what he said yes uh he made he made a joke he said uh it was a, a trans person that did this to me is it? Is it's, no, it's not. it's not. It's not. But it was a joke. That's but like, the thing. It was that's a joke. who he gets his death threat from. So yep. like, I don't know. That seemed crazy. I, uh, yeah. I just don't. In some ways, like this doesn't feel super newsworthy. And at the same time, like, hear me out on that one. Like, I am not surprised that Chappelle is getting confronted about his views. Right? He's talked about this happening in clubs. He's yeah. talked about it, you know. 
it, because he was on stage is a little more strange and like i think it makes us all a little wary of like how we uh, I didn't want this to be to the. Go. I didn't want this to be the focus of discussion. I wanted it to be known that there that the people are, are cool that again. people are pointing this stuff out because it is relevant to the discussion. How mm -hmm. much it matters, I don't know. It's too early to tell on that. But there's also a lot of uh, a lot of like Hollywood comedians. I, the, I I picked my favorites of the people who have so, stuff to say about this. Howie Mandel cowering under a bed uh, says uh, Howie Mandel says that Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock attacks uh, are the beginning of the end of comedy. Uh, I didn't know. Howie Mandel was funny. Been the end of comedy for like a hundred years. I feel like. Uh, I think they see. I think like a long, slow end to comedy. But I think they see that the implementation of actual physical attacks seems more pronounced to them than. Well, yeah, like if they saw Dave Chappelle's jokes as just what they are, jokes, then heckling him maybe would be yeah. a measured response, and calling him out verbally from the crowd would be. Like, yes equivalent but they believe that his jokes are literally worse than violence or equivalent to violence therefore they, they need to be responded yeah. to with violence there's a thought that like violence is justified and i think that is actual the actually the cultural marker that like freaks us out mm -hmm. like that there would be people who think like physical confrontation in this public way is not just like okay but like justified and acceptable and yeah. that i think is the big change like dave Chappelle making jokes that make people uncomfortable is old news he's been doing that forever people thinking co comedians are under threat you know that's been established for some time it's the fact that like he was able to access the stage and do this publicly and then we get to read about it for a while that is a new level of uh I don't know, behavioral change in society. So Mendel says, watching what happened to Dave last night confirmed my fear. He's talking about it being the beginning of the end of comedy. Uh, Mendel told Extra on Wednesday, I was watching it kind of live on Twitter and I turned to my wife and I said, I don't want to, I don't want to go on stage. I'm, I'm just really afraid. That was very bold of him to admit that to his wife. Who, uh, very vulnerable. Who probably um, was like, uh, you know, my, my boyfriend will, will protect you. Uh, <laughs> Chappelle was tackled by a 23-year-old man on Tuesday, so they talk about that. So he's saying that he's scared for it. Is Howie Man does Howie Mandel do live comedy? I didn't know Howie Mandel did live comedy. Is, I didn't either. Is that a I thing? thought he was just kind of dabbling in YouTube for a while. Yes, I uh, thought he was on a game show or something could be now howard stern says that hollywood is effed up for dave chappelle uh versus will smith's response he's basically saying like we're all like demonizing this dude who attacked dave chappelle but will smith you gave a standing ovation after he slapped chris rock now to be fair because he's rich and eccentric he's rich and eccentric <laughs> not he's not weird he's eccentric uh, and to be fair the dude who attacked chappelle had like a weapon well okay i actually think it's the institutions that facilitate these yes. things like that guy had a weapon, sure, but also, like, the comedy club, I assume, removed him as soon as they could. They yeah. were like, you can't be here. With Will Smith, they were like, that was not so good, but we know you have an award coming up, so you can stay. And yeah. that's, like, this weird preference that we give to things. Like, we don't have um, a total expectation on public behavior, right? Yeah. Like, it's okay for Will Smith to do it because I... How, how are we gonna on the fly figure out what to do when he wins Best Actor or whatever he won? I think yeah. another thing is, like, reeling from the lockdown year and the recovery from that everyone's all pent everyone's up. so pent up everyone is like socially awkward and doesn't understand how to respond to things like verbally uh maybe 
we're so anxious that we feel like we need to attack each other. Well, when we, I mean, I won't go into this for too long, but like when the riots broke out in the summer of 2020, that was one of the justifications people gave. We've been all in our houses, not interacting with people. People are restless. People are acting irrationally because this is the, like, because everyone has been in lockdown. Like, yep. I think that's true to a certain extent. It's but definitely it also, a factor. Yeah, it's definitely a factor. But I, d I also think that like we are slowly seeing, um, an acceptance of violence in some cases like there i i just it's hard for me not to think that there's a violence like violence is okay if you're doing it for certain causes right and there are probably causes that we wouldn't all think justify attacking someone well on that's stage. that's the problem with uh i mean in hollywood for years just peddled media that says the ends justify the means that's a very common theme in a but lot not of all things means, just means that we approve of yeah well that's what i'm saying so is this their comeuppance for uh for always being uh you know taking the easy way out with their storytelling and, and using themes like that so but this is from howard stern he says this guy jumped on stage and attacked dave chappelle stern fumed into the mic uh, as soon as that happened, uh, did they let him go back to his seat and laugh and sit next to his wife and then give him an award? No, they took him backstage. They broke his arms and hands so bad. He added, they effing beat the S out of him. Uh, I'm not going to say that. It says, uh, Stern was referring to the viral moment when, uh, Isaiah Lee, uh, attacked the half-baked star. I like that they referred to him as the half-baked star. Another one referred to him as the Robin Hood men in tights star, which I was much Never forget all of his accomplished works. Meh, much better uh, reference, if you ask me. So Stern found the whole thing hypocritical that the same standards didn't apply. So, I mean, I don't know if they needed to tackle Will Smith, but definitely escort him out of the building and tell him, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's just further proof that, you know, if you're, if you're in a certain tax bracket, you're going to be treated differently. You're not weird. You're eccentric. Nobody even had like so much as a stern word with him or you're not, took him to, uh, aside to talk to him. You're not violent. You're passionate and boisterous. Right. Uh, that's that's what they're saying. Uh, and then I this, mean, to be fair, it wasn't a murder attempt, which I believe yeah. this it, the case with Dave Chappelle was closer to. There's nuance there that. for sure. But my favorite take out of all is Sonny. Who's Sonny Hostin, first of all? I don't know who that is. Uh, blames Donald Trump for the Dave Chappelle attack on The View. So sure. he's got very long arms. Uh, I did not know that, but just, uh, uh, following the shock, of <laughs> uh, I just thought uh, maybe that might be the most uh, ridiculous of all the takes. So I don't know if you guys think that this is something that's going to keep happening. Sunny Hostin is a view host. Okay. But I don't know where she came from before that. So uh, is this something that you guys think will keep happening comedians and you think it will stop people from actually speaking out? I think violence is going to escalate in our country for a while now but i don't think it's comedian specific yeah um, it's just something kind of dark that's happening with our culture that's that kind of breaks my heart in a way like the, i'm here to be your rain cloud brett thank you're too you. happy and i must crush that that's 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 the i real... don't think it's sad i don't know i think comedians are annoying and even if they're making jokes that i find funny why do they like just hire better security bro i, I don't care well no I, i'm i'm not saying that uh, i'm not i'm not speaking to like whether it's good bad or or whatever i'm saying like isn't it weird or isn't it kind of a, a mark of where our culture has gone where once uh, comedians were supposed to be the ones that spoke truth to power in a lot of ways. Is that what we tasked them with? Uh, well, court, you know, isn't that the whole point of your, the court jester? I guess the idea is to... that you're supposed to use jokes to punch up, but that in itself is imposing I think uh, you, I, responsibility that's, onto them yeah. that they didn't really ask for. I think there are comedians who do that and who that's their style and that's their function, but like there are, are all kinds of comedians in the world and therefore tasking them as the one who are like 
speaking truth to power is sort of i think irresponsible and like mm -hmm. unrealistic and right? they all think they're doing that but, i'm well, sure dave they, Chappelle thinks that he's if, using his jokes to punch up but other people are saying the exact opposite is happening then if he's not doing that then if all then if there's no greater socio like sociopolitical like if there's no greater context to what he's doing then why are people so uh why does it defend people so much why does it uh bring out such a visceral reaction people reaction in people if it doesn't have, serve a greater purpose i think that he can talk about things that are controversial even if he doesn't intend for them to serve a greater purpose he might that might be his personal like why he feels obligated to take this risk i mean he has a family and you know he doesn't have to do this he's made a lot of money uh but also he might be just an edgy performer who wants to see what happens when he says it for no intended consequence and that's the way i see it from I, I only say the part about speaking truth to power because that's how i see i know a lot of them see themselves as people that do that uh, but in general the there's a, a a comment to be made now that jokes are not really going to be allowed uh in a context where you're not going to expect something like this to happen in very long i think the hard thing is that now we have platforms like twitter and TikTok and different social media platforms that can create what we might call a commenter who is funny and edgy or yeah. maybe controversial in the way that like we might traditionally think of comedians because they're able to tour and they're able to see the country and people know about them and yeah. you know we have made that uh, a more diverse and saturated market. If you're looking for a perspective on the world that might be humorous, but might also be kind of irritable, like make you irritable, irritated, then you don't have to only go to comedians. You could go to a lot of places that aren't, you know, you know, we don't expect comedians to have the standard for, let's say, journalism or research that an academic would. But you can equate a comedian to someone whose sole purpose to, is to live on Twitter and make people mad. Yep. I just wonder why people have such a hard time just looking at like when you see something that bothers you why people have such a hard time of just simply not moving moving on with their day that's what i do when i see stuff that upsets me i, I mean i guess i don't really see much stuff that is upset. it's very hard to offend me but when i see stuff that i don't like i just kind of keep walking i think people don't have um they don't prioritize their own lives enough they become kind of obsessed with what's going on in a way people are lonely they're lonely they think that if they if they get that one snipe on twitter they will be fulfilled by the likes that it gets like they need to go outside and water their garden and they need to have get to know their neighbors right they need to live away from the internet because the internet is not real and it can give people an inflated sense of yeah. like what their function in the world is and so. it dysregulates your emotions yep. too absolutely all right and a zoomer said that, that that's, that's <laughs> the most important thing you heard it here first yes this is true all right podluck with no theme song yet unless you want to continue singing your podluck theme song i'll refrain this time You'll, you're not we gonna... should have a submission contest like people should have to submit a podluck theme song i am i'm so down for that we'll see what the best response what the best uh, song we do get we in. have a pop culture crisis email uh i think you would just do it to the i don't think so to the okay. email um, yeah yeah all right so podluck uh, Amber Heard says Johnny Depp held his dog out the window of a moving car and howled like an animal. Yes, that is a real Why headline. Why do I instantly believe it? I, I totally do. Like, like I, I just know this man has the animal energy in him. I, Everything she says, though, I just don't trust. That, I know that's making me seem really biased no. against her, but I might be at this but point. But if this is made up, she's doing a great job of making it up. As somebody believable. who's done uh, copious amounts of drugs and, hor and made horrible decisions <laughs> when he was younger... Like, I could totally, I mean, I don't know if I would have ever done something like this, but I certainly knew people 
who would have done something stupid like this? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I so, think statistically, some of the stuff she says while she's testifying must be rooted in some kind of truth. Also, but, this one is like the least uh, damning. So maybe that's like she's like reaching for something that's actually true. She's like, well, remember that time he like he kind of endangered the life of his dog? It's uh, pretty bad. So yeah, it's not. Uh, this is the least like. It's getting dark on the stand over there. Uh, it's it's less bad than choking her and, and hurting her. And, and I, cavity searching. I just cavity don't think any of that for, is true. Yes. So if I have to buy that one thing is true, I guess I'd buy this. But exactly. even then, she's just kind of throwing it out there. She has destroyed her credibility to me because I am a lawyer and in my opinion mm -hmm. matters. Just kidding. But like everything she says, like she's like, he held his dog out of window. And it's like, was he driving and his dog was looking out of a window? Like, is that what you mean? Or like he has, you know, like some dogs you have to be careful because they might jump if you're yeah. moving. Like he's like holding the dog's collar so he doesn't do that. So then, and she's that like, mean... he's trying to throw him out. It's like the opposite. Like I just don't trust Amber Heard. And his dog, his dog was, his dog was giving him like a look, and he goes, oh, oh, and he like howled at Some the dog. Like, like howl at their dogs or like bark yeah. at them, right? Yes. Yeah, so the actor took the stand to testify in Depp's fifty million dollar lawsuit. Uh, she recalled an incident in March 2013 where she alleged that Depp had consumed copious amounts of cocaine and alcohol. Oh, my dude, just say no. And she had not? Uh, I, I'm guessing that she does not say whether she did or didn't. What did you say? Lay off the sauce? Uh, it's like, I, I was like, lay off the sauce and, and say no to blow. Like, that's <laughs> the best thing you can do. Uh, best the, advice. The, I think we have a good, like, anti-drug campaign going then. Yes. <laughs> she testified in, in Virginia, in a Virginia court, that Depp held his dog out the window while howling like an animal in response to accusing her of infidelity. I don't understand what that's not a How, very is that a response that uh, maybe she's uh, maybe she called him a dog for uh, maybe this is just getting like yeah. more and more convoluted. It, it's it, every day. It's it like it's more not ridiculous. Real, and that's why it's hard to make make sense of it. it. Like if you made a movie about this, you'd be like, that was the most ridiculously fake thing I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie ever. Who lives like that? Like nobody would actually buy that. It was a real thing. Uh, and everyone. everyone all right. I'll never forget it. Everyone <laughs> just froze. No one did anything. That's also probably not true either. Come on. How do you not laugh? Like, uh, I was also torn. probably not real. Sorry. No one keeps saying this, but. I was too torn as to what I should do because I didn't want to do anything to cause him to react and drop the dog. Like, she was likely, like, also on drugs and and just kind of, like, passively watching this happen, if this actually happened. I don't think it happened. Like, that's that's a real response. Like, if someone is, like, threatening your animal from like from a height you don't want to startle them or make them do something i get that but like this whole scenario seems not real uh she recounted the first occasion that the pirates of the caribbean actor star allegedly hit her while choking back tears uh most of the comments i saw was that she wasn't able to cry on stand and people were like roasting her for that which is really mean because it's like maybe she's if we're to give her any credibility here and say that she's telling the truth wouldn't she be trying to actually hold back her tears rather than uh cry waterworks if this was real but, i mean but it's probably not she real did, then it was a three out of ten performance yes. she said that he attacked her because she asked about a tattoo on his arm totally normal totally normal thing that people also, do like, in relationships i just feel like none of this is real yep i'm trying to be objective but like i don't know 
She says, you think, she said her voice started breaking as she opened up about the moment. She said, he slapped me again. It wasn't clear. It was clear it wasn't a joke anymore. So, oh, she's, I, I missed the first part. It says, to me, it just looked like black marks. I didn't know what, to, what it said. So I said, what does it say? And he said, it says, why no? So she was mad about his why no tattoo. And, and then he slapped her for it. Like, I just don't. I don't buy this at all, especially since he has an estab. He has, I think, pretty credibly established the fact that he does not have a history of violence. domestic violence. Yeah. So, like, her being like, he's the aggressor. I did something innocent, and then he attacked and me. Like, that seems not to be the case. It's because she's the one with an established pattern of domestic violence. This plays like something, a scene somebody wrote in a movie where the irredeemably evil person does something. <laughs> Uh, and the hero is being, uh, you know, the the person who's supposed to be the protagonist mm -hmm. is being um, abused. Mm -hmm. It does not play like something that happens in the real world. But then again, well, she's nothing. Also, she's including parts of their relationship that were positive, saying that he was sweet when he was sober. Yeah. So she's saying that he's not maybe not an abusive person uh, other than when he's under the influence. Which I could, I mean, there are some people who can are really different when... That's why I, I brought that up the other day. I said right? that's a very real thing. But like, he seems consistent in most ways, and she seems like she has a, I don't know how to say it other than like an established pattern of being erratic. Yeah, uh, and uh, violent with. Also, like she is being sort of painted by Johnny's team as like a very uh, cold, calculating, like yeah. torturous wench. And so she has to come back and be like, no, I'm soft. Like, he was sweet. Like, I, there were nice romantic parts of our relationship to kind of make herself seem more human. She does make, I mean, she does kind of reiterate the point that it was while well, he was on substances that yeah. he was like that, which is, like I said, that's a very real thing that happens. Like, to maybe people. he wasn't under the influence of substances in other relationships, relationships in the yeah. past, but just during this one. Hard to believe that you make know. it to that age and start those things later in life. Usually, uh, if, you, if, he has, so. if he has, if he has, that pattern okay. it's possible i think he's probably always used drugs to a certain that's, extent like, no that's what i'm saying actor. i said it's harder for me to believe that he started i yeah. think that like if you're in a toxic relationship and you already have these tendencies like you yeah. recreationally use drugs and you have a partner who you do not have a positive dynamic with like you might become you might start acting more erratically right yeah and yeah. i just don't I don't know. I just don't buy what she's saying. Um, I have a hard time too. Especially since it seems like, unless on cross-examination she admitted like, oh yeah, I was super high too. Like, <coughs> it seems weird that she's like, oh yeah. Like, Be it's wearing... sort of like she's presenting battered women's syndrome in this way that like doesn't fully hit. If that makes sense. That's you a bad that's like a caricature. Choice. That's what I'm saying. Be wary of anybody who tells you a story yeah. that, that seems to make one person the ultra evil villain and the other person the harrowing survivor. Which, like, that also he gives did... credit to, which we have to give, like, there is probably stuff that he did wrong in their relationship. And again, I think their marriage counselor is really the winner here, which they, when they was like, yeah. they were not good for each other. Mutually toxic. Yep. But I just, I don't know. I find her to be a, she has an uphill battle to win 
back the jury, in my opinion, from my she, outside perspective. I don't, I don't know if she can. Uh, I, I don't. You know finally admitting defeat there, Amber Heard fan. I am not mm-hmm. an Amber Heard fan. Amber Heard is that's not <laughs> why is it? everyone thought when we were just joking about defending her that we were seriously like defending Amber Heard's actions. That's like so this funny. is one of those things where it's like you you pay a price to be the devil's advocate in any situation. <laughs> everyone labels you. Pop culture I crisis. am the martyr here. Yes, Are you a, the milk toast fence sitter of the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp trial? I am. I I refuse that label. I categorically <laughs> refuse that label. We'll serve you some toast and milk. No, like. I. Uh, devil's advocate is fine. You can call me that. <laughs> wow. All right, much tougher. Larry David explains why he hasn't been canceled for curb your enthusiasm jokes. And Mary had some strong. Uh, uh, she she made some good points on this. I'm one. not going to repeat all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be fair, well, but yes. uh, I, it's. It's not puzzling that Larry David hasn't been canceled. Everyone likes Larry David. It's kind and of like- also, he has all of the right excuses mm-hmm. for his offensive jokes. He's a New Yorker. He can joke about 9-11. Mm-hmm. He's Jewish. He can joke about Nazis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's the, the quintessential idea of staying in your own lane. You have to hit the right thing. Yeah. Well, and, like, you can't cancel him. Yeah. Like, that would be making a comment about his lived experience and we're not supposed to do that yeah yeah so it says uh it says um i don't know it says uh, a former executive producer and principal director of curb your enthusiasm asked david why he is yet to be canceled during an interview at the netflix as a joke festival uh maybe this was something that came after dave Chappelle was attacked who knows mm-hmm. it says well here's the thing there are fans of the show that they like the show and they have a good sense of humor the fans of the show don't care about political correctness david said uh, he says you're just the you're just the idiot who didn't get the memo, and I think that buys you a lot. That's what the guy said to to Larry David. He says, "Yeah, I think idiots can get away with a little bit more than the more in, than the more intelligent brethren." His whole thing is self-deprecation. Yeah, so that makes sense. That makes that. But makes he's very sense. smart, and he know he definitely knows uh, what's safe to joke about and what's not. <laughs> yep, the, and that's a very fine line. Like like Chappelle seems to just know what isn't safe and go right for it kind of like Ricky Gervais in their well, own he way. he doesn't, he intentionally, it seems like he has made the choice in his career not to limit himself. Yes. And whereas, especially on a big production like Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David knows how to walk up to the line, but he's not going to cross it. Yeah. Um, they mentioned mental illness. Like anyone can just say like, oh, I had depression. Yes. Like you can joke about mental illness. That's yep. not a thing. It's, uh, well, we, we talked about it yesterday. We talked about the idea of representation of mental illness in film. Like there's, uh, there, there's, um, I, I don't know if there's steps you have to take, but it's definitely, there's a way to do it tastefully that, I mean, uh, certainly a small coalition of people will be mad no yeah. matter what you do. And you have to start wondering, like, uh, you have to start weighing that, like how big is this group of people that's actually criticizing me? Does it feel bigger because it's happening online and not in the real world? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of companies will change their policies because they get uh, a thousand emails about something. But what they don't realize is in the grand scheme of what a thousand people is, yeah. that's nothing compared yeah. to the amount of people buying their product. And it does seem like this, reporter who was asking him is like trying to sort of trap him into saying something like i don't want to say it's gotcha but like you know a little bit like like say oh, something says, punchy about yeah. cancel culture or like so that i, can I title can't this be canceled well. because i'm so good yeah like <laughs> There, there's also the idea that it's a little provocative that the the South Parks of the world, the curvier enthusiasms of the world, and the always sunny in Philadelphia's of the world are kind of grandfathered in. Yeah, they're a, that you're not uh, because of whether it's because of the uh, age of the creator uh, or because not even that because that it's uh, 
it started at a time where things were different culturally. They're allowed to be that still. Didn't the creator of The Office say, I don't think we could make this yeah, show under you, these conditions? Yeah, or they like wouldn't in be current, able to. The current year. Which is crazy because I don't even remember The Office being that. Some of the couple like jokes that I think people would be. Really? Like the thing is they work. It's funny and the whole show like is well done. Uh, but I think now there is a fear to even be, like I can't imagine being the in the writer's room and being like, OK, we have to do this thing because yeah. you're afraid that someone in the writer's room is going to be like racist. Yeah, they're very bigoted. They're, they're not just worried about the people that watch it. They're worried about having these large writer's rooms and, where people are get offended well, on their on their pe people's behalf. And it's like the whole process, like everywhere along the way, everyone has become paranoid of being like you know, labeled a bigot, labeled, like he can't take any risk. And like, that means that as the edgy stuff gets whittled and whittled down, like it gets duller and duller. And maybe that's for the best in some cases. But like, that also makes it easier to just make cheap, edgy jokes where people are shocked by them. Well, yeah. I think in some ways too, it makes it so there are certain supposedly edgy jokes that are actually like no yeah. one really cares about. And those are the ones that are like, oh yeah, put that in. But there's nothing original. Mm -hmm. And The Office was original. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've never watched it, but I know people love it. I think it has a different um, energy. Dave Chappelle, people watch because they don't know what he's going to say because yeah. he does not limit himself. I mean, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they're objectively awful people. Like that's the point of the show is the characters mm -hmm. are awful. Like that's like, but uh, then people conflate good with entertaining and that's yeah, not the same thing. I saw thing. that like, using ironic humor has to assume that the uh, the party you are telling this joke to is not a complete idiot yeah. who doesn't get it yeah. but we don't have that assumption anymore because everyone is stupid or not even that or that they get it they're just still or our like our understanding of social interactions is degraded so far that we don't understand ironic humor anymore yeah yeah no. i the I just don't see a point to it anymore when there's uh, no way for people to do these writer's rooms without people having to edit themselves for fear of what's going to be said about them because that affects their future job prospects. Mm -hmm. If they say something in a writer's room that's offensive to someone, then they have to worry about that being pe peddled around the industry. Yeah. Uh, so I think, it never even makes it to screen. Yeah. I think there is like an element to art that is about taking a risk and yeah. Hollywood doesn't make money off your risks anymore. And at one time they did and that i think just frankly that time has died like it's more it's a better financial investment to be safe and boring and that's because we have this looming fear of like being depersoned yep. because mm -hmm. of you know what was intended as a joke all right i want you two to talk about marilyn monroe and the met gala and uh and kim you kardashian admittedly don't get it i don't get it <laughs> uh we talked Somewhat about it the other I didn't talk about it. You guys talked about it the other day. I don't really get it. But uh Brett's what I too busy supporting Amber. Well, Kirk. in in talking about it, I realized that I was more opinionated about it than I thought. So, I, that happens to me a lot when we start recording. Some things I'll see a headline or read an article Brett sent me, and then as we're going, I'm like, no wait. I'm extremely annoyed by this. Marilyn Monroe dress gives uh is given the seal of approval uh by uh so the her like estate gave the seal of approval to Kim Kardashian for wearing it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, critics were outraged that she wore the dress. Uh, well, this, they were wrong can for you guys approving explain? that because this this dress is so, uh, it's just so old mm -hmm. and fragile that uh, it's just a stupid idea to let someone wear it out and like be stepping all over it and getting their, like, I mean, this, um, I think this former like costume institute conservator person was saying that like you cannot wear 
this historic piece without damaging it. It's it's not a mm -hmm. matter of of if, but when you will do that. And mm -hmm. especially because she's wearing makeup all over her body and perfume and lotions and whatever else. Mm -hmm. She's getting that all over the dress and she was seen stepping on the hem of it. And uh, even though she only wore it for like maybe a minute and then before changing into the replica, it did damage it. But I still think, you know... That's, I I don't I'm not a museum curator I don't really care but. right and like I go back and forth on this like generally yeah I think you're right like there's no way to not damage this dress and personally I would think this kind of dress like uh you can like if you were to take it to an auction house and get it appraised is it worth the minute of fame that it's going to get like who benefits from this really kim kardashian because she's now being mm -hmm. like equated to marilyn monroe which i think we which both don't so feel like is stupid good. And so do you but like my take was that the the controversy about uh the piece itself being damaged kind of peripheral but valid and then the criticism from like body positivity hacks about how she's like promoting extreme dieting totally fabricated unrel like unrelated to the real issue at hand which is that she's fundamentally like disrespecting the memory of this woman yeah i don't feel like personally if we could all vote that i would want kim kardashian to be essentially equated as to our generation's marilyn monroe i don't feel that way and it's so not even close and and like i i wrote like kim kardashian's sex appeal is so uh, digitally and surgically altered and like algorithmically crafted mm -hmm. it's so fake that there is just no way you can dress her up to even resemble this woman mm -hmm. which is like and from what i know about Marilyn Monroe, and i'm honestly not like a huge not like i'm not a fan but i didn't I'm, i don't know yeah. a ton about her uh was that one of the things that she had was this like girl next door all american natural charm right like this was one of the things mm -hmm. that like she was credited for maybe i'm wrong um, I think, so I have two minds about wearing the dress because I do think that like, I have argued to Brett many times and I'm like, we need to talk about fashion on the show that like fashion is uh, a marker of our culture and they can be literally translated into history, right? It's why museums keep mm -hmm. cloaks and whatever else, suits of armor. So in some ways, like I do like the idea that we get to see not a replication, but like an authentic vintage piece on display. Because it belonged to a notable person, Marilyn Monroe, I That's kind of thing, agree. Though, like you can see it on display. It's not, not worth on someone's moving other body. people have worn vintage dresses to uh, the Met Gala. Like I think <clears throat> Kaya Gerber wore a Jackie O dress last year, mm -hmm. uh, back when it was like America themed, yeah. and I thought that was really cool. And like, yes, maybe there was some damaging. I don't think they altered it for her, um, but it was a dress she was photographed in. Like, again, I'm. you have to weigh the cost benefit. Like, I think ultimately that one is a less risky choice than like Jack, than Marilyn Monroe's uh, JFK birthday dress. Like, that is like a huge deal. And I and I just don't think that like letting Kim Kardashian wear it for a minute is like worth it. She made it. it look like shit. I don't want to say that. Like... I do want to point out here before we keep going on. I, I don't know how relevant this is. It says what? that Kardashian reportedly went body makeup free to the event in addition okay. so that she would not damage the dress and says that uh, Ripley's told the post that she showed the utmost respect for the garment 
Oh, I also wanted to to mention she's wearing this like fur shawl, uh, this white shawl behind her, and mm-hmm. I think it's because they couldn't close the back of it. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, uh, I've just seen <laughs> I angle just of her dress that. in the back. I um, well, I also thought well, the black's pretty low, so there's a chance you're totally right. Um, she also wore hair up, and it's bleached obviously as an ode to Marilyn Monroe. But I thought her hair being up was again to like keep as much oil the... and product off the dress as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I have two minds because I really do think that like we uh, I think it's really easy for people who are like serious political whoever to like disregard the influence of fashion on our culture and I do think it's cool to see vintage pieces like being showcased in a new and modern way I just don't really feel like this was a risk worth taking for Kim Kardashian well it's it's precisely because I think fashion is so like deeply important in, in culture and politics frankly that I don't think it should this this piece should be worn by but Kim is Kardashian. there a piece that you would think is okay to be worn in the modern era right honestly like if it was like, I, I I don't I mm. feel like especially given the way Marilyn Monroe's life ended it's kind of disrespectful but because even it's if it's not back- Marilyn Monroe like is there like a version of and I I totally understand if you don't I just agree, think it's like, unwise as a general practice but this in particular it has like a weird vibe because it's calling back to like the fact that this this had all these rumors about her affair with jfk surrounding it this particular dress is a huge deal yeah yeah, and and this particular gathering was so it's such a part of like american mythology Mm -hmm. almost i just find it degrading to this woman's memory that it's being worn by Kim Kardashian who has like none of the same mystique that she had and Kim Kardashian makes everything known about herself and her name is her her brand here's a tweet that kind of fits that perfectly it says how did she manage to take such an iconic dress literally worn by Marilyn Monroe and make it look like Fashion Nova right yeah exactly it's crazy that's just what she is she's a social media influencer as well as a reality tv star uh, it just doesn't make sense. She made it look like shit. I just want, I, I guess I am hopeful that there's a way to incorporate like vintage fashion and like uh, historically significant pieces into our modern culture. I think it's a way of reminding people of like our cultural background and that's important. That being said, like I don't think Kim Kardashian is I think it's egotistical for her. And I don't know who contacted who. Maybe Marilyn Monroe's estate was like, we think this is a good idea. No one's talking about Marilyn enough. This is a good, mm-hmm. in, you know, I think that's a poor choice on their part. I suspect it was Kim Kardashian's team who was like, I want to do something different and I want to be equated to Marilyn Monroe. But in because that case, the other part, just wear the replica and have your fun with what that. I, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, especially at the Met Gala, odes to fashion. Like people are saying what Chris Car- Chris Jenner wore was an ode to Jackie Kennedy. I would say that like given what so one of the things that came up after Hugh Hefner died was all the stories of like the way that Marilyn Monroe like didn't want their like business interactions I guess he had some unreleased he bought unreleased photos of her that she was like ashamed of and she didn't want to go to light and he like did he buy the grave next to hers he bought the grave next to her Mm -hmm. he was like you know the way he treated her was like kind of disgusting and when he died this came up and people remember that like she was 
um, in some ways very tortured by the industry she worked in and fought hard to like maintain, you put it as mystique, but she also like, that's the grace, that's her presenting it gracefully. Like she, she fought to maintain her privacy and to have someone who sells her privacy for profit it's weird and to and makes me, a show of like i'm so upset well, that i don't have privacy and let's think uh, about the timing of this this comes right after kim kardashian's like trailer where she's like i don't want my kids to know about my sex tape i don't know if they're anymore right. like i think in some ways if we think of everything as a strategic pr move being like i'm like Marilyn, like i'm actually very graceful and you know i'm a part of american culture and yeah, while like, she's literally with it's a pole davidson of yeah all people i can't it's a pull because- for sympathy and i don't like it <laughs> Chris yeah. Jenner didn't negotiate Kim's sex tape deal, says TMZ. Uh, I do love the idea that, that this is like, like you said, you're talking about this classic, uh, this woman in culture that uh, uh, kind of transcended American culture through mystique and uh, an air of mystery being Marilyn, Mon- Marilyn Monroe, right? And then you have this where they're literally talking about whether they marketed and sold a sex tape uh, as a product to, and then, because, of the, because of the success of another person's sex tape, which just shows made you- Made a name for herself playing off of like the fact she's in a PR crisis trying to recover from her leaked sex a very like uh, that kind of shows a very large cultural shift at a very specific time in culture meaning Mm -hmm. when Paris Hilton's tape came out in like what was that 2007 or something Mm -hmm. like that like it's like if we're talking about the degradation of American culture from a pop from a popular culture standpoint uh, and you look at somebody like Marilyn Monroe who had this air of elegance and mystique and then you get to 2007 and you get uh uh, Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian and you just see how how things have uh, devolved very heavily. I also think that like we talked about this last time it's on but like there are people we would hold we would like to be involved in honoring women like Marilyn Monroe right and like I, I said Blake Lively like if Blake Lively had worn this dress the comments about is it worth damaging this historic piece how do we use vintage fashion in a modern way I think those would all still stand but we wouldn't have mm-hmm. this same conversation of like this is who we're equating to Marilyn Monroe in our culture because she's so like lively is so much more elegant and like mm-hmm. refined and like I don't know a better representation like if you have a daughter or sister who do you want her to end up like Blake lively or Kim Kardashian yeah good point yeah but Kim Kardashian has more name recognition for a reason I mean Blake lively was the co-chair of this Met Gala so if yeah. we were going to bring history in like that would have been a way to do it mm-hmm. but I just I really like Blake Lively's style, so that's that's also on me being biased. Right. I I think it was presumptuous of Kim to to wear this, but I think it would have been less so if Blake Lively did it. I'm just surprised that like her Marilyn Monroe's estate was like, this sounds like a good idea. Right. Like, like she doesn't need the publicity. How much were they paid well, at Rip, all? Ripley pays for the dress. Ripley so bought I the de- dress for five oh, million. Because okay. like most of the stuff that people wear to the Met Gala is on loan from the designer. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll auction it later or they'll sell it later or it'll go on runway. The Ripley's Museum paid $5 million for it. It's extremely unwise. Yeah. So it's a, it is a fascinating... I mean, I can't say that it hits me the same way because fashion is... Uh, being it uh, you know like a dude it, we'll, it, we'll break you of that don't uh worry. like i i do enjoy hearing like uh, you've got how, to admit that it's powerful no it's it's know? a fascinating like insight it's just one that i don't have personally i don't have insights into yeah. but i understand the importance of it as far as how it influences american culture well look you taught me about the metaverse and dc and marvel and all <laughs> mary and i will teach you about comics the nuances of fashion. comics have, oh, was it marilyn monroe was uh, what year was marilyn monroe when was really the height of her 
her um, time? The late fifties, late early sixties. Mm-hmm. Late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, comics have been around since the thirties or the forties, so they kind of people have been wearing clothes been around forever, far is, longer. <laughs> but we're talking about a single person, a a person in time. If you want to take this as far back as possible, let's just talk about cave drawings being the first comics. Uh, so, but that's what I'm saying. Like art, all these things influence culture in their own way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hannah Claire, thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you for having me. I hope you guys enjoy the movie today. We will uh, hopefully uh, it will be good. We'll have our reviews. Yeah. Mary will have her uh, unique animated takes. I'm sure. I'll definitely be opinionated. Yeah. I want to do a movie with you guys so badly one day what? because I don't watch movies. But that may be a reason to not have me on your movie review. No, no, it'd be fun. That's yeah. actually the best part. Then you have people with a unique perspective. So yeah. tell everyone where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Hannah Claire B. You can Hannah Claire dot B. You can find me on Gab at Hannah Claire B. You can find me on Twitter at HC Brimlow. And you can find me, of course, on TimCast.com. Click on the read tab. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. It's been great. Mary, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Closer Kitty, TikTok, never again. R.I.P. <laughs> and whenever I post articles on the TimCast.com website, I promote them on there. Thank you so much. And guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. The show, uh, remember, we're just going to keep giving these heads up that in two weeks on Monday, the 16th of May, we are going live on YouTube at 3 p.m. And until then, you can watch all the segments there. You can leave comments on the videos, like the videos, subscribe to the channel, please. It it helps very much. Uh, And when you leave comments, Mary will read each and every one of them, I promise. Or don't subscribe. Uh, wow reverse psychology yeah i didn't see that one coming uh (laughs) and then in the description box for all those videos is a link to the spotify playlist if you would prefer to listen rather than watch you can go there we're not just on spotify we're on amazon music apple podcasts we're also on pandora it's a good way to get your pop culture crisis fix on the way to work if you so choose uh we are also on social media we are on twitter at pop culture underscore show we are on instagram at pop culture crisis pod and on facebook and tiktok which is where you can find and make dane very happy by following us there and that's at pop culture crisis we will be back with another episode monday we'll see you then guys bye, bye.